This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome everyone to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I'm excited today because I have a really special actor who is starring in a special play. Jesse Williams, who you know, he's one of our really great actors, and you know him as Dr. Jackson Avery on Grey's Anatomy, where he worked for many, many years. And now he's playing Darren Lemming in Take Me Out at the Schoenfeld Theater. And I think it's right. You'll have to um, tell me through February 5th. I know they extended it. That's correct. Yes. So that's exciting. That Well, it's, it's a wonderful play. And of course, I saw it a while ago when it opened and now it's back again, which is great. And as you point out, this is like you're starting a whole new career. It's like beginning again in something different. It, it does. It does feel that way. Thanks so much for having me. It, it does feel it's a pretty interesting process. I started acting when I was almost 30 and um, immediately began on a big network show. And so I didn't already have the experience of popping around in different forms of film and television and stage. Um, so now that I'm, I'm not doing that anymore, I get to play again and try something new. And this is my first play, first three-act play. Um, and being able to come out as a lead in an incredible piece of material written by Richard Greenberg and for us to have such success, it's a spectacularly written play. And for us to be able to um, pack houses and, and learn so much on the fly and um, win the Tony again, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it it's a pretty exciting. Ride. That's right. And are you a baseball person? You know what? I grew up as a baseball person. I grew up playing uh, essentially year round. It was a great form of bonding for my father and I. Um, one of my brothers played as well. Um, so it was it was a big part of my life, studying the game, appreciating the game. My father used it as um, a metaphor for so many things in life. So it actually, a lot of that kind of rings true uh, to me as a person, uh, for me to connect that and channel that for the character. A lot of the play really is an homage to the game and the symbolism in the game. So uh, that does have a, a deep kind of nostalgic connection for me. Were you good at baseball as pretty, a kid? I was pretty damn good, yeah. I was pretty damn good, actually. <laughs> I know my kid was not good as a kid in baseball, and we had a farm in rural Vermont, and everyone, the farmers, the neighbors, they'd all come over to the old cornfields and play baseball. And my kid, you know, was one of those kids when he was little that they didn't want to pick him first because yeah. he was not... And he was so afraid of being hit by the ball as a little kid that he raised his hand up and the ball mm. went into the mitt totally by accident. So he he became a star and a baseball <laughs> hero who had then ended up loving the sport. So 
It's a great sport, and it's a wonderful play too because I'm I love stories, and this play tells all kinds of stories that reflect so many of our lives, and I'm sure your life in many ways. Yeah, it really is a. It's just so. I mean, I catch myself. We did two shows yesterday, and I find myself at different times on that stage just. Pinching, like saying to myself, "Wow, this is such an incredible play." I'm, I'm such a fan of the play while doing it. There is so, there are so many different, um, interwoven storylines that it's so unpredictable. It keeps audiences gasping and laughing and crying, and um, it, it is there's such a wide range of intense um, moments, and it's just a great confluence of events for different characters. And there's uh, there's so many places to hook onto. Um, that uh, it really is it really is a, a wonderful experience both for the viewer and for us as performers. And Jesse, you were a teacher at a certain point too. So That's how right. did that path lead you to being an actor? Well, uh, yes, I, I taught um, high school public uh, and public schools in, in Philadelphia where I was a student at Temple University and, and after I graduated. Um, and I ended up, a film was one of my majors at Temple, and I was making student films and wandering, on the, taking the Chinatown bus up from Philadelphia to New York to shoot with other students and shoot. I was uh, shooting films with, you know, folks at NYU and Columbia and just getting jobs off of Craigslist and making films. And that led me to wanting to play around in front of the camera as well, to, because the goal is to tell a story and figuring out ways to tell stories and I, I always found that the lens, the camera lens, is really the gateway for so many of us for information, what's happening in the world, how to empathize with, with folks from other walks of life. It's a terrific teaching tool and form of uh, edutainment. And so that was something that was really compelling to me. And I stumbled into some work in doing some modeling and commercials. And that led me to a terrific agent. Um, named Michael Guy, who connected me to uh, ultimately, I quit the I quit that business for a couple of years. To, I was an activist and organizer and, and high school teacher, and then when I returned, um, I looked him up and uh, he gave me got me one meeting with one small agency in New York to try to do some acting to continue that storytelling experience, and uh, I I signed with them right away and immediately booked the classic New York television job, Law and Order. And soon after that, was hired by Edward Albee himself at Cherry Lane Theater to do the American Dream in the Sandbox. Uh, and that was my first time ever on stage uh, in those one-act plays. And I had the incredible privilege of spending several months with, with Mr. Albee and doing a great set of plays with Judith Ivey and George Barteneff and Myra Carter, uh, Harmon Walsh, a really great wow. experience. Yeah, yeah, really pretty spectacular. So that got me, that gave me the book. That gave me the understanding of what it feels like to be able to make something new every night and uh, and to be a great listener, which is all acting really is. Right, and then, of course, you had to adjust, which didn't take that long, from TV, which is not the same as theater. And live theater is a whole different experience, too. Totally different sport. Yeah, I've, it, it, they feel like two completely different leagues. And I don't mean that as a value judgment, just as an experience and what you bring to the table. Um, it's, it's, 
it's an incredible learning experience for me. Um, I'm learning every day. I'm still making mistakes and, and still figuring out ways to, to, you know, form and shape the, this character. And that was part of why we came back actually. Um, after that first run, winning the Tony, it was terrific, limited engagement. Uh, I still found I had it in my bones. I was still running the play everywhere I was on vacation. I was still running it. I still had, we were we were really cooking with gas at the end of that run, and I felt like we had more to do. So we rallied the troops, and we're lucky enough to be invited back. And um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we are. We're we're in a house at the Schoenfeld that's twice as big as the Hayes, and. Um, I'm putting on a hell of a show. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. And the audience are loving it. I'm afraid they are. <laughs> they really yeah, are. So, well, you're going to be doing this for a long time. and But there is something about standing on a stage where it's all of the moment. You know, no retakes, no nothing. There you exactly. are. Making it uh, work. Know, I've been I was saying it feels like it's like acting with gun to your head, you know, it's just, um, it is because I've gone up, we've made mistakes, we've had parts, huge chunks, skipped or whatever, and, and you just, you don't have a choice. It's the absolute opposite of film and television where you can say, you know what, I need to go again. And um, it's, uh, it is really thrilling. There's a lot of adrenaline pumping and um, it, it just, you never get comfortable. As soon as you think you're in the pocket, uh, there are so many other variables at play. And that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, metaphor for life. Yeah. And in the midst of this, how did Only Murders in the Building come, where you're joining that cast for this new oh, season? Oh, yeah. I'm so that, excited We all that. love that. <laughs> you know. It's a wonderful show. And the two absolute legends who are just... Yeah, how much in, in fun. Steve and Marty. They're just so incredible. I was, I met with the showrunner, John Hoffman, uh, in the, during the hiatus in between these two runs, actually. And they offered me this really exciting opportunity. And I, I jumped at it. I'm a huge fan of the show. I grew up sneaking down the stairs, looking at watching Saturday Night Live over my mother's shoulder, looking at watching Martin Short and Steve Martin work their magic. Um, and they're just absolute titans. And uh, what an incredible opportunity. And working with Paul Rudd and Selena, you know, we have just so much to do. I actually have another table read tomorrow, I believe. So, so I'm so excited to also just be able to stay in New York after this run and and work with, you know, move over to some really interesting comedy. And um, it's it's awesome. I actually had dinner with Marty Short and Steve came to the play a couple of nights ago, and we went out to dinner, and we're hitting it, was it off. comfortable. Yeah, I'm so yeah, glad. It was, it was wonderful. But, you know, it's really interesting. So many actors struggled, you know, and I've heard, I have a daughter-in-law who's an actress, and I hear... So many performers say, hey, if I don't get anything by 30 or 35, I'm done. I can't mm. take all this rejection. You started, you were almost 30, I think, when you started mm. really getting good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't start until, you know, I was working at law firms and waiting tables and teaching and organizing. So I didn't really start until uh, a little bit before I turned... 29 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. I did, I did say to myself at the time, I'm going to try this for 18 months. And if it doesn't work, I'll go to law school. I always, I always <laughs> expected I would become a civil rights lawyer or um, I was going to go to law school or film school. And I'll give this a little bit. And, and coming up in New York as a young adult, surrounded by, you know, artists and struggling actors right. who have been, like you just said, pay, pounding away for a decade. And, and I, I didn't grow up with acting as a childhood dream. It was a new thing that I kind of um, got a taste for, thought it would be fun, but I didn't need it. I have other interests. So I think that let me not grip too tight and, and I'm going to play. And if it works, it works. If not, I'll go and, and find f- fulfillment somewhere else. And um, I, I think that was a little bit of a liberating uh, entry point for me. Um, and, but no matter what, I have been incredibly lucky uh, in circumstances here. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful every day for this opportunity to play around and learn and grow. Right, right, um, and, and you have a lot of talent, and it's and it's interesting because you have to take chances, and sometimes yeah. that's too scary. But it's you were doing something else at Temple University, writing, directing, and then acting. Suddenly, said hello. Don't forget me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is certainly this is certainly a risk. Doing this play was a very scary prospect. Doing something. At this level, with you know, no no net on this tightrope in this highly critical um, arena, coming from a very safe place of a big network television show that's um, you know a monster hit all over the world, to just going into a little house and performing mm-hmm. in front of everyone, it was a, a pretty scary proposition. But it's exactly what I needed at that time in my life. And you learned that you are a risk taker in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So it works. Do you remember that opening night with all that angst oh, and do. everything? I do. I remember. I remember the first preview. We did kind of a photo call and a preview for maybe only fifty people, and you know, I. I don't really get. I get excited. There's nerves, but I, I actually have been found myself experiencing more true nervousness um, at random shows when I know there's somebody who I admire in the audience than just opening the show. I'm comfortable public speaking. I'm comfortable in front of a crowd. Um, for whatever reason, it became, it, it, I, but it's one of the things that keeps you alive. We've done, I don't know, 170 shows or something now and I'll still get a little nervous when I know there's somebody Jessica Lang was in the audience last night and mm. you know when 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 um, you know Brian Cranston's in the audience with these people who've come to see the show you get okay all right this is a it's, it's a okay. new it's a new step for me because it's also a different um, a different peer group that is enjoying my work you know I've for for folks my age and uh, a lot of artists, they might not have watched Grey's Anatomy, but they're aware of me as, a, as an activist. They've seen uh-huh. speeches and remarks that I've given as a public advocate, but not necessarily seen my artistry. So this is a new, this is a new level for me to be meeting folks in the, in the lobby after or coming backstage and talking artist to artist, um, making eye contact with, with, uh, with that in mind. So that's a new, exciting um, platform. Uh, right, so and I'm the really- play itself 
your character is a uh, baseball player, a mixed race player on a fictitious, the Empire's baseball team, and your character reveals that he's gay. And then you have to deal, which was unexpected in many cases, with how your teammates and the world at large viewed you. It was a whole different thing. So a lot of big issues in this play. Yes, a lot of big issues. And, you know, this is a, this, we talk about the physical demands, the mental demands of, of being able to put eight, nine shows up a week for this long. And, and on top of that, I would add, it's, a, it's the emotional experience because my character uh, has a real firestorm of uh, emotional heartbreak and devastation. And he's got very high highs and very low lows uh, during this production. So it's a lot to contend with. Yes, as you said, the character comes, begins to play as kind of the king of the world, the best player on the best team, mm -hmm. untouchable, crystal, you know, just a really clean record and no obstacles in his life. And but the act of coming out without changing anything else about his behavior, just by saying to the world that he was gay, all the men around him completely change. Uh, best friends, employees, managers, teammates, uh, so all just watching your world shift underneath you and him grasping sometimes mm -hmm. desperately uh, for a handhold when he's never had to reach for a handhold before because they've always been presented to him. So you're watching kind of a, a hero fumble and stumble uh, in a very cerebral, interesting way. The writing I cannot say enough about. Uh, Richard Greenberg is absolutely gives you every single in every single scene so many um, wonderful con concepts and ideas to chase and try to uh, to play with. There's a great sense of wonder and mystery as well as intellectual um, leadership in, in the writing. It's really, it's really a wonderful opportunity for everybody. So, Jesse, when they announced that after the play did its run, it had a limited run at one point, that they were going to... Um, consider strongly a second run was that thrilling or was that oh my gosh give me a break i'm tired well well to be honest they asked me when we were not even finished we had our first limited run then we were extended then they came and asked if i would just stay on and just keep the show going uh at which point i said no please get out of my dressing room i'm so tired <laughs> I do. I need to, I, I don't, we, we've done it. I don't want to, I want to go be with my children and have a, at least some time <clears throat> off. And I, I was just beat up. It's the first time I'd ever done something like this. And I thought that was that. I really did. And that's when, after the a week or two off, it was nice to be able to sleep, you know, because another thing about the demand Another thing about the demand of the play is it's not just the play itself. I have to be in the gym every day. You know, I'm 42 years old. I'm, I, I, have, and I have to work to be in shape and mm -hmm. eat a certain way. And there's, all these, there's a lot of other rigor around being able to put on this production. And, um, but my, my love for the work is what won out. So as time passed, I, we, I said, you know what, let's talk about this because I, there's more in the tank here. I want more, and most importantly, I wanted more people to have a chance to experience the play. 
uh, it, 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 I just believe in it so much, and I watch the way it impact it impacted folks. Yeah, it does. So there's, there's more. The people need to see this. So that's so I was all in at that point to bring it back. I just needed to feel it in my gut. I, you know, I need. I didn't want it to be a calculated move uh, to be about anything but but my feel for the art form. And once that that found me, uh, we were we were. Um, we were like a rocket right back over You were okay. And, and we was... almost everybody back except for we almost the entire same cast. Um, okay. Patrick Adams wasn't, wasn't able to join us. So Bill Heck uh, took over in the role of Kippy, and he is absolutely astounding in the role. Um, so we're, we're, we're really happy. Lucky. Happy. And was it hard for you, Jesse, to find Darren Lemming? It took a lot of work to get inside it... him. It took, yeah, well, it took a lot of, of research and, yeah, just being a student of what that mindset is. You know, I have, I have a familiarity with the game. I have a familiar, familiarity with the locker room. But this trajectory for a character, that there is a level of um, arrogance if not obliviousness at some point, the, the denial, um, which really it's not a denial, but a lack of experience with being humbled, a lack of experience with having to uh, work hard, that where, where talent meets effort is very different for this character than it is in my life. Mm -hmm. But um, I found the human thread. I, I, was, I, mean, I think I've been able to really find a, the emotional arc and set of expectations and what my character wants, needs, and expects and what he's equipped, what tools he has in his toolbox uh, in each one of these uh, circumstances. So I, I'm learning and growing every show. I've made new and interesting discoveries on line delivery and, and moments and listening as recently as two nights ago, which is just, it's just such a thrilling thing, the idea that you can find freedom and live through repetition which it's, you know, people well, that's wonder, interesting. How, you know, yeah, doing do the same do thing it? every night, doesn't it get boring? But yeah. it doesn't because there's something new in there. If you dig deep enough, if you're open. Yeah. And you had once said that you need to be scared a little bit as an actor. Do you still feel that way, that it's essential to your growth? I, I think it's incredibly useful. Um, I'm not sure if it's, it's essential after a period of time, because things, they have, uh, you know, an arc uh, in the experience. And at a certain point, just like anything, even a relationship or uh, you can love a movie, you can love a song. It's a good example. And you can start, you can play it over and over again. But at a certain point, at the 400th spin or the 40th play, I should put this away so that it's fresh again later. Mm. So everything has an end. Um, uh, for me at that stage of my life and my career, personal and professional, I needed something new, exciting that wasn't for the money. It wasn't for the safety. It wasn't for the convenience. It was for me, for my soul and to be challenged. And that, so when this time ends, I know that I, that I stretched. I know that I put myself in a vulnerable position. It helps you grow, uh, especially as a man in this world, trying to figure out how to be vulnerable and be available to myself and others truly emotionally present and mature, uh, being able to do work like this, I, I, I would like to think helps foster that kind of growth. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. A great thank job you. and a treat for all of us to be able to see this. 
and giving us Darren Lemming. Continued success. We'll talk again. Thanks. Thank you so very much. We've got a couple more weeks. Come out and join us uh, until February 5th. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Okay. Take right. care, Jesse. Take care.